Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 49 of the Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boak, and I am your host. Joining me once again in the studio, my co-host, our worship pastor and participant in my life entitled, I Forgot to Come Up With a Pun This Week, guys. Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, sir? I don't get a pun. Sorry, dude. I, I just <laughs> forgot. I apologize. Uh, also dude. joining us in the studio today, our lead pastor, Adam Bishop. Adam, how are you today, sir? I think the whole podcast is That's, downhill. Yeah, from yeah. Here. I, I, I'm, oh, I'm man. sorry. I'm sorry. Did now, you notice it? Are you going to pull it? I was about I, to say, we got twinsies in the studio look, We got a public. We picked yeah. the shirts together. <laughs> Matt and I met up at Kohl's this weekend and did yeah. some shopping. Well, that yeah. was nice. I was like, no, I was like what kidding. are you wearing today? Oh, that's right. <laughs> this is honestly the first time I've seen Matt today. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second, we're in the same shirt. So right. I don't know what to make of that, other than you probably feel left out, Chad. I, a, a little bit. I'm it's sorry. okay. It's we'll, fine. We'll bring you, you know, in next Maybe week. next time you guys Matt, can include me You look great today. You did too, man. Just impeccable taste in clothing, gentlemen. Well done. Let's do that on a Sunday. That'd be just, <laughs> just to scare off all, scare off all of the first. Yeah, time they're guests. like, this is this is too much. This kind of cult is this? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, gentlemen, how's everyone doing today? We have a good weekend. Great, man. Yeah, keeping busy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we had uh, all kinds of fun stuff happening this weekend. We had our Discover Vaughn Forest. Lots of folks at that uh, yesterday. Can we talk about that for just Let's a few minutes? Yeah. So, uh, you know, Matt, real quick, tell us like what is Discover Vaughn Forest? That's uh, for Vaughan. new folks. Yeah, new fo- new folks sign up. They get to hear a little bit about the church. Yeah. Background of it. Hear a little bit about what we do because some people are like, "What do y'all do all right. week if they're right. not there on Sunday?" <laughs> right. Podcast. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, right. yeah. that's right. So yeah, that, that's what we do. And, and we, we had pizza. A, had a lot of folks there. Sixty eight folks at that. I mean, it was just incredible. So that's really far exciting. and away that the is, most we've ever had. Yeah. yeah, by far. And so it's it's been really cool to see to see that. And uh, also this past week or a week ago, we had our kids camp and parent experience. And we actually have some special guests here to talk about kids camp and parent experience, right? <laughs> that's we right. Yeah. Yep. They're kicking y'all out of the studio. So get out <laughs> yeah, of here. All right. We're going to go right now. All right. So we are here with three participants from our kids camp uh, last week. These three participants also happened to be uh, my boys. And they were the only three that were roaming around the church while we were recording this podcast. And so we went outside and we brought you guys in here. We kicked Chad and Matt out. <laughs> we gave you all their microphones. Okay. So if everybody doesn't know who you are, I need you to each tell me your name and how old you are. What grade are you going into this fall? Okay, my name is Sam, and I'm 12, almost 13, and I'm going into 7th grade this fall. Good. My name is Jacob. I am 10, almost 11, going into 5th grade. Good. I am Henry. I am 6, almost 7, going into 1st grade. Good. So all three of y'all were here, and you were all part of Kids Camp, okay? So we've been talking about Kids Camp. We were celebrating all the great things that happened. But I thought it would be fun for our church to get to hear from you guys sharing about something you enjoyed from kids camp. Now, those who've been a part of Vaughn Forest for a long time remember that the three of y'all used to help me out with our daily devotions. You guys yeah. remember that? Yeah. When y'all would tell the jokes on Fridays. So did everybody come prepared with a joke? Nope. No. Okay, I'm kidding. We're not going to tell jokes, all right? But I want you just to share with our church family one thing that you really enjoyed about kids camp. So Sam, do you want to go first? Sure. All right. Honestly, what I really enjoyed was getting to see so many new faces and making a lot of new friends. That was a lot of fun. That's good. And you were with Matt in the middle school, right? Yes. So we had a lot of new middle schoolers that were upstairs with you guys? Yeah, there were a lot. That's awesome. What about you, Jacob? Yeah, I enjoyed um, hanging out with a lot of my friends and just catching up with them. Yeah, because a lot of your friends have been out of town this summer, so you haven't seen them as much. So that was a good chance to kind of get back together hanging out with them. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. What about you, Henry? I liked sharks and minnows. Now, did you eat sharks and minnows for dinner? What are you talking about? <laughs> I liked playing sharks and minnows. Oh, it was a game. Is that what y'all did in rec? In recreation? You played in the, the game? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Okay, yeah. so y'all you, you played sharks and minnows. Was that a lot of fun? 
Were you the shark or were you one of the minnows? Um, I was the shark once in the minnows the other time. Awesome. So you were the shark once in the minnows the other time. So thank you guys for showing up and kicking Matt and Chad out of here for a few seconds. Sorry, to be on the podcast. <laughs> and uh, we're glad that we got to hear from y'all today. Thank you. That was awesome uh, having Sam and Jacob in here. Yeah. Matt and I, we got to we got to run to the store real quick. I'm not wearing my shirt now, but we at least are going to be able to coordinate next time. Do you uh, remember when they would tell the jokes on the Daily Devotion? Dude, I do. It was awesome. So yeah. That was a lot of fun. I went back and watched one of those uh, a few weeks ago, and it was crazy. They're a lot bigger now than <laughs> right? they were then. Right. So, yeah, thanks for letting them kick y'all out for a minute and share. Absolutely. But let's talk Happy about what yeah. was y'all— you know, kind of overall take on it, because it was a lot of fun, those three nights. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It was so good. So we had crazy high numbers of, of kids here, first off. So, I mean, I think the previous year, we were, what, almost double, like, what we were from the previous year? I mean, it's just insane. I don't it, keep yeah. up with I just, Yeah. 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 No, the answer is yes. And, uh, <laughs> Harper, get in here. That's right. Yeah, we need numbers. The, no yeah. numbers. <laughs> no, just, just incredible good to with see. Them. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I got to, I'll, I'll talk real quick about, you know, my experience real quick, and then we'll get kind of the kids camp. I got to be involved with the parent experience, and we had 80 folks in there that had recently started kind of visiting Vaughn Forest mm -hmm. Church. And, uh, you know, I always tell folks, uh, I think I've said this before, that if I wasn't going to be a pastor, I was going to be a cruise director. And with the parent experience, I get to kind of do both. So that was fun. We did uh, <laughs> trivia and all kinds of stuff. So it was great getting to see them. But then to see all of the kids and to see all of our folks at Vaughn Forest Church kind of stepping up to help serve. I mean, it was just incredible. And Matt, you got to hang out with I middle schoolers. I was with middle school. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. We, we had... Uh, Great time. We ate pizza, hung out, played yeah. some games, and talked about Jesus. That's awesome. So my yeah. favorite thing was the second night, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to teach, and so I'm walking around talking to all the kids, and one of our adult volunteer leaders points out a kid in her group, and she said, he's only been in the country for six hours. What? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, and because I've just never, I've never heard somebody say that, yeah. like, at, at anything. She goes, yeah, his family just got here from Belgium, military family. They got wow. in the country six hours ago. And he's like there in the event. And so then at church this Sunday, I met his parents. So they were wow, like, uh, we wow. just moved here from Belgium. I'm like, and I pointed to their son. I'm like, yeah, I met him last week. And so they literally came to the country, like, you know, not like just Montgomery, to like the United States of right. America. Right, right, right. And six the first thing ago, they yeah. did six hours later was come to our kids' camp and parent experience. And then they came to church for the first time this past Sunday. That's, That's incredible. incredible. So it's hard to beat that story. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. remarkable. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So a pretty cool thing to yeah, see. Yeah, and get to see so many of those folks coming back on Sunday. You know, yeah. I, it's, it's great to see new faces. And then see them again and see them yeah. again and mm -hmm. see them kind of come and check things out. Yeah, yeah. So, man, really exciting time, you know, in, in the life of On Force Church right now, getting to see all these new folks here and kind of as we're getting ready to move into the fall a little bit. We got lots of cool stuff coming up, and uh, I'm really excited about all that. Yeah. yeah. It's August 1st. So, can we yeah. officially say fall? <laughs> when does fall officially start? Is it? I feel like for me, fall officially starts when there's like football on the calendar. Like, well, that's, that's the truth. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. Okay. So, we're still well, in summer. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah we still got summer. about a month, but yeah, you know, right. school yeah, starts yeah. next week. I mean, you know, all the parents, there's great rejoicing heard throughout the land <laughs> uh, with the students weeping and gnashing of teeth. But like, I, I'm ready for school to start. All of God's people said amen. That's right. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, this summer just feels like they need to get back to school. It feels like it's taken a little yeah. longer. Not mm -hmm. not from their perspective, but from it, a parent's perspective. And am I imagining that it's been hotter this summer? It has felt oh, hotter this you're summer. You're the one who's lived here your whole life. Yeah. You tell us. It, yeah. it feels way okay. hotter this summer. Because it's been terrible. It, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I've only, you know, I haven't been here as long as you have. So, uh, sure. I mean, summer's summer anywhere. Right. Yeah. It's hot everywhere in the summer. But it feels like it's been a little yeah. more intense yeah. around here. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you, didn't My you, AC doesn't do anything to touch that heat. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been good. Didn't you tell me you were looking on, uh, on your weather app and it was like, like 100 degrees or something here and like 
something up in uh, Winder, Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Metro Atlanta is substantially cooler than here. It's like two so, and a half uh, hours, three hours away. Yeah, we've been on the, you know, we started football practice last week and on that How turf. How is that? The heat index, man. That heat Ooh, just comes yeah. off that turf yeah. on the Pike Road football stadium. So, yeah, yeah. it's been hot, but hey. It is what it is, man. It's yeah. summer. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, we're, we're getting good. ready for fall. We're, we're getting ready for we're, fall. We're getting ready for fall. Right. It's on the horizon. I, I went to a store the other day. I saw a pumpkin spice beginning to make an appearance. So, like, we're it's right around it's the corner. way too soon for that. I, I'm, I'm just telling you, people pumpkin are jumping spice. on. Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> well, one of the things I've enjoyed about this summer is this message series that we've been in. That's called a segue, man. Yeah, that's that's right. called a great one. <laughs> exactly. And uh, this message series, Find Your People, and we continued. We were in uh, week three this past Sunday talking about finding our people. And so let's, let's kick the conversation off today, kind of talk talking about the message. And uh, so I'll, I'll ask the first question. And before we get into the subject matter from this past week, you keep using this Greek word koinonia uh, on Sunday mornings. You keep referring to Are koinonia. Are saying that right? I, I hope I'm saying that right. I may <laughs> not be. Is he saying that right? If not, Adam can correct me. <laughs> he's, he's nodding yes. Right. All right. So koinonia. So what does that word mean? And why is that like a goal that we should be shooting for? So I was a college pastor many years ago. Do you know this, Chad? I was a college I knew you were pastor. a student pastor. Yeah, yeah. I, and then I spent a season doing college ministry. Okay. So the name of our college ministry was actually Koinonia. All right. And so the 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 tagline, if you will, was communion with God, community with others. Okay. So if I were to try to explain what does that word look like in the New Testament Greek, it's this idea that because of Jesus, we've been reconciled to God through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Therefore, we can have communion with God, fellowship right. with God, relationship with God, while sim simultaneously experiencing real community with one another, both of those things made possible through the person of Jesus Christ. Okay. So a lot of times in our Christianity, we really focus on the vertical aspect that Jesus has made it possible for me to be reconciled to God. I can have a relationship with God. But the way the New Testament presents it as a both end, that there's also this horizontal dimension, that because of what Jesus did, I can also have community with other people, true fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. We are the family of God. One day when we get to heaven, we will be brothers and sisters in Christ. So let's start acting like brothers and sisters in Christ while we're, earth on, while we're on earth right now. Sure. So koinonia mm -hmm. doesn't really have a one-word translation in okay. English. Sometimes the most common translation of the word is fellowship, mm. but that doesn't really carry with it the same weight yeah. of this dual understanding of being connected to God while also being connected to others. And then here's the real icing on the cake in a way that is constantly growing and expanding to include others too. So this isn't just like this, oh, we get to experience koinonia and the rest of the world, they're just dying and we don't really care about them. So no, 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 part of the New Testament koinonia is it's continuing to grow the family of God. As we welcome people in, they're getting saved, right? So they're being reconciled to God, but they're also now in relationship and fellowship with us as well. So it's a pretty rich word in the New yeah, Testament. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, well, okay, so <clears throat> yesterday your main illustration was comparing two different friend groups. You had Job's friends and then you had the paralytic man's friends. Uh, so recap that story a little bit, and why did you choose to use them? So yeah, I, I was kind of preparing the message last week, and um, I really felt like I, the Lord was leading me to write a particular sermon um, on, and maybe I'll write this sermon at some point, on what uh, generations, uh, different generation needs and expectations as it pertains mm -hmm. to friendship, because okay. we're a church made up of so many different generations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the more I prayed through it, I didn't really feel like that's what the Lord was leading me to. And then um, I knew there was Job's friends, and I'm like, I just don't know if there was a whole sermon off of that. And it was like kind of this Holy Spirit-like enlightenment, like, oh, well, there's the paralytic friends. Like, mm -hmm. they're the exact opposite yeah. of Job's friends. So right. I'd never—I've taught both of those stories many times. I'd never tried anything like this. Like, why don't we just put both stories in the same sermon and yeah. see what happens? And so that was kind of the goal. <laughs> and— um, 
because I think it's good to have real clear, tangible examples, right? Sure. Yeah. So that was the idea. Like through looking at these stories, all right. Mm-hmm. So Job, he's suffering. Mm-hmm. His friends come to him, and and the things that they do aren't helpful. And you got a paralytic guy just by the very nature of being paralyzed is suffering. And his friends friends come to him, and they are super helpful. Mm-hmm. So all right, find friends like his, not friends like Job's. Mm-hmm. Be a friend like his, not a friends like Job's. Yeah. I felt like there'd be a pretty practical message that would be easy to remember challenging as well and hopefully that's what happened yeah, i mean yeah. um we'll see they're they're two very different <laughs> stories though. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah all right so speaking of job's story all right i, I understand the question that i'm about to ask i'm going to be asking for your opinion i understand this is maybe not a clear-cut you know theological dust say at the lord kind of answer we're about to get into but i've had folks ask me this question talking about job in job it says that satan goes up to heaven, is talking to God. It's like something out of a movie. There's just interaction. So mm-hmm. help me understand a little bit about what's happening here, because I thought Satan was cast out of heaven. How is this happening? Why is why is God giving Satan the time of day here? So Matt, we're going to let you take, <laughs> tackle this one. So, All right, so uh, <laughs> done a lot of research on this. Yeah, okay, I go. don't know. Um, <laughs> no, I, Adam. You know, I... I'm sure somewhere on Google, if you looked hard enough, <laughs> you could find the theologian who gets this correct. Sure. I'm probably not that guy. Okay. So, you know, I'll give you my opinions, yeah. like you said. Yeah. So I have not studied that in great detail because um, it does beg several questions. Sure. So let me ask you another question. Sure. Since you asked me a question, yeah. I'll respond to the question. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that God's the one that brings up Job? Yeah. So God looks at Satan and goes, have you considered my servant Job? Right. <laughs> it's like, from Job's perspective, you're like, time out. Yeah, right. hey, hey, like, I on, was man. about to get out of this whole thing, and then you brought me into it, Lord. Right. What is going on? Right. So foundationally, I think this dilemma that we look at in the book of Job, if there is a dilemma, uh, begs a, a foundational question. Okay. So here's the foundational question. Do all of us have a man-centered theology or a God-centered theology? Now, here's what I mean by that. When it comes to answering any question, looking at any challenge, you know, whatever the case may be, do we start first with people or do we start first with God? Another way of saying that would be, do we have a man-centered worldview? And I'm using man in the term of like mankind, humanity. Do we have a man-centered worldview or a God-centered worldview? So if God is at the foundation of your theological framework, and if God is at the foundation of your worldview, a lot of things get reconciled pretty quickly. Hmm. If we're at the center of our own worldview and our own theology, it leads to lots of challenges and tension. I think that Job is a really good example of getting right-sized where you're starting from. So if I have a God-centered worldview and a God-based theology, it becomes pretty apparent that the creator of all of the universes um, can kind of do whatever he wants <laughs> and is not limited to whether or not it makes any sense to me. If God is infinite and I am finite, if God is all-knowing and I am not, then at some point I'm rolling with whatever is in there about him, whether it makes sense to me or not. So Satan was cast out of heaven. They do have this discussion. God does bring up Job, and it begs the question, why? Well, I don't know quite the answer to the why question, but I will say this. I just taught a message this past Sunday out of a book called Job. Mm-hmm. Do you think the day that Satan popped up into heaven, however that, however the, the specifics of that would have gone, do you think that Satan had any clue what was about to happen? 
that this little encounter would actually lead to this story to be included in God's Word that for tens of thousands of years God's people would share as an encouragement to God's people for when they suffer. Well, of course Satan didn't know that, because Satan is incredibly smart just with no wisdom. So Satan doesn't have the wisdom to understand what he's even doing. And so God is after something much bigger than this just particular encounter. Mm. And God is using all things for his glory, and this is a really good example. of Regardless of what the intent was, God had a greater purpose in mind. And here we sit all these years later, and we're still talking about this story. So from that perspective, it starts to make a little sense. The other thing that's interesting is we do get some insight in the book of Job. When Job asks God, God's answers to Job, it, it pretty much like shuts Job up. Right, right. I mean, God literally says, were you around when I laid the foundation of this thing called the world? Now, that's me paraphrasing. Right. You know, did you help me measure things out, Job? This is like what God starts doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And as you read it, sentence after sentence, you're like, oh, Oh, right. oh, ow, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but like how many times do we do that in our life? Right. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, we, we think we're somehow on par with seeing things the same way God sees them. And God helps us see that there's always a greater purpose at what he's up to than what we can initially see. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it does leave some theological challenges that Satan was in heaven. I resolve that tension a little bit by knowing that sin had already taken place in heaven. So heaven had already been marred from some perspective, which is why we get into, you know, the whole discussion of new heaven, new earth. Right. So the heaven that we spend all of eternity in is not the heaven that exists now. Right. Now that's another podcast for yeah, another time. Yeah, sure, for sure. But, you know, as I was explaining to my boys just last week, they were talking about heaven. And I said, well, here's something to keep in mind when it comes to heaven. So people who are followers of Jesus, they go to heaven now. They are with Jesus to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. They are in heaven as heaven is currently constructed. But what we know from God's word, and we did this in a teaching series a few years ago, is that there will be a new heaven. Now, is that earth redeemed or is that something created from scratch? I don't know. We could argue about that later. I have my own opinions. The big point is that all of God's people will get to experience that together for the first time. That's the big point. That's cool. So Moses and David and all these people from the Old Testament and my grandparents and everybody else that's gone before us, people who have been in heaven for centuries, those of us who get with get together with them on the other side of the second coming of Christ, we will get to experience this together as God's family for the first time. It's mm-hmm. the difference between taking your kids somewhere that you used to vacation when you were a kid and then you going somewhere for the first time together with your kids. Right. You kind of experience that differently. Yeah. So that's a really fun thing to consider. And so part of all of the why behind the what is, well, there's been there was a rebellion that took place in heaven. Right. So that is tied a little bit to this story as well. So yeah, Job, as you read through it, it's going to create a lot of questions, but you know the the greater principle for the message, and maybe we can circle back around sure. to that, yeah, was as it applies to our friendship. So I'm I'm doing my best there, I'm taking yeah, a shot no, at it. It's great. I don't know Good. if it's completely accurate, but that's at least me taking a shot. If you disagree with me, that's cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying like I got hey, this man. one nailed. We're, right? we're talking some opinions so, on some of right. this based, and and I love what you said there about how. You know, Satan going up there again, intending something for evil. Well, God's going to turn it all the way back around. And, you know, Matt and I were talking earlier about how we know of folks who have gone through tough times, who have read this book, who have been encouraged yeah. by it, and how God literally has used that in like their lives. Their hope. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Um, reading that, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say, Chad. Uh, he answered it verbatim. Uh, so, yeah, g- I don't talking. doubt you for a second. <laughs> <laughs> for a second. You should. It's, no. it's the T-shirt connection. You guys got it. So, well done. So you said that oftentimes when we're going through difficult uh, circumstances, the results 
have a lot to do with who we're listening to. Yeah. I think you use like a, a married couple going through uh, uh, some trouble. Um, so how do we know when we're receiving godly counsel versus someone that's just pointing us in the wrong direction? Mm. I like the way you, you worded that. So I'll just kind of maybe think about my own life over the years. There have been several pivotal moments where I've had some godly friends like give me really good godly advice. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, it wasn't matching what I wanted to do in that situation. <laughs> it wasn't matching how I felt. It wasn't matching maybe the action I wanted to take. And what my friend's godly advice was doing was pointing out my own self-centeredness, pointing yeah. out my own sinfulness, yeah. pointing out where I was wrong. So sin, God's word says, sears the conscience. So sometimes like if, if we're in a sinful state of mind or if we're being mm-hmm. self-centered, which I would call that being sinful, mm-hmm. okay, doesn't mean you have to have blatantly gone out and sinned, <laughs> but you're, you're all wrapped up in you. Right. Yeah. You're not seeing things the right way. So yeah. like a, a good godly friend will say something and it might jar you a little bit. And when it does, that's usually a good sign. Yeah. As opposed to looking for someone to just confirm what you're already wanting to do. Sure. Mm. You know, yeah. I need somebody to affirm and confirm what I already want to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, but there is, there's more to the answer than than just that because of the question you asked. Mm-hmm. You do have to have some familiarity with what God's Word says. Right. You know, you do need yeah. to have a, a vibrant uh, walk with the Lord. I do believe that the Holy Spirit can uh, produce conviction and discernment mm-hmm. and wisdom. And so if somebody is saying something it kind of goes back to what we were talking about when God speaks to us through his people. If right. they're saying something, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit words, and it's matching up with God's word, hopefully that's going to ignite something in you as yeah. well with the Holy Spirit that you go, yeah, that's definitely from the Lord. But um, the only way you even have a shot with that happening is if you have some friends who are actually walking with Jesus, mm-hmm. some friends who actually care about you and they're walking with the Lord. And if you don't have those kind of friends, um, then none of what we're talking about happens. Right. Because you may place that expectation on yeah. some friends, but unless they're walking with the Lord, they're not going to meet that expectation. They're probably going to steer you in the wrong direction. Mm. Right. Yeah. And ultimately, that's not on them. That's on you. Because you are letting people speak into your life who shouldn't have been speaking into your life, mm. helping shape decisions that you should have never let them help shape your decisions. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, so that's going to kind of lead into my next question. So you had three big differences, uh, points you were making, kind of between Job's friends and the paralytic's friends and the message yesterday. And your first big difference was that, you know, Job's friends blamed him for his circumstances, whereas the paralytic's friends, uh, they cared for him. And so you said that we should have care over conclusions. So obviously there are situations that happen in our friends' lives beyond, you know, their control, and we should love for them. We talk about the ministry of presence all the time, being there for them. But what about when our friends' actions have led them to a bad situation? Because of their own, you know, actions, they're in this thing they should never have been. So what is our responsibility in that situation? Are we supposed to just care for them no matter what? Or are we supposed to, how, how, what's our, what's our responsibility here? Yeah, it reminds me of the, the kind of tragic fall of a young man named Henry Ruggs. So let's talk about Henry mm. Ruggs for a second. So Henry Ruggs is from here. Uh, Montgomery, Alabama. He played football at uh, Lee High School right down the road. Went to the University of Alabama. Uh, big star wide receiver. Helped them win the national championship yeah. one year. Uh, first round draft pick. I think it was a top 10 draft pick. Yeah. He got drafted the year in 2020 where they did the draft via Zoom. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. I remember watching it. And, you know, when he got drafted, he's in his home here in Montgomery with his parents. So unfortunately, um, last fall, Henry Rugg, uh, Las Vegas Raider, Las Vegas Raiders is right. the team that drafted him. Um, he um, 
was in an automobile accident where he was charged with a DUI. He was speeding in a, a very excessive, and, and the car he struck, the person w- was killed. Yeah. And so he has been um, in jail since then, and that trial is actually pretty soon about to start. Mm. So here's a young man who just had everything in front of him, and this tragic decision um, has now led him to this new reality. So he, he was cut immediately from the Las Vegas Raiders, and I'm telling this story not to put Henry Ruggs' dirty laundry out there for everyone. I'm telling the story because of what Derek Carr said the next day. So Derek Carr is the quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. And if you have kids that like sports and you're looking for – now, we don't ever need to hold up like athletes as these end-all, be-all role models. But if you've got kids that like sports, it's not a bad idea to at least steer them in the direction of a couple of athletes that could be good role models. Sure. Mm-hmm. I would – suggest Derek Carr to be one of those. He's a very strong believer. He walks with the Lord. He's very open about his faith. Derek Carr, um, the very next day in the press conference, when they were asking him about Henry Ruggs, he said something that I thought was really incredible. And he said, Henry Ruggs is going to need a friend to love him right now. And I will be the first one to do that. And so Derek Carr was basically saying, whatever he's done is not going to keep me from loving him because what he needs right now is somebody to love him probably more so than he's ever needed that before. Mm. So this is someone who made a terrible decision with very severe consequences and a godly man who is saying, I'll keep loving him. I'll keep being his friend. And and what I have found in my life is when I go through something that's um, hard and maybe I can even see, I kind of contributed to that. The friends who still love me, the friends who put their arm around me and go, hey, man, a little bit of a misstep there. Let's talk that out. Those are the friends that you know that they genuinely love for you and care for you the most. So, yeah, if you've got a friend who they make a bad decision or they they do something stupid or they're now dealing with some very real consequences, that's actually when they need you the most. Hmm. You want to be the person that's walking through the door when everybody else is walking out on them. Hmm. You want to be the person who says, hey, man, I'm going to be here for you. And, And Derek Carr has been that for many years now. So I remember back when he signed a contract, this has been six or seven years ago, and he was he was one of the first con, uh, quarterbacks to get $25 million a year. Oh, and wow. people were losing their minds. Yeah. I can't believe they're paying. Now quarterbacks are making $45 million right. a year. And at the press conference where he's signing this contract, somebody said, hey, are you, re- are you excited about all this money that you're about to get? And he said, I'm not excited about the money. I'm excited about what the money's going to do. It's a guy who understands biblical stewardship. Mm-hmm. It's like, this money isn't mine, but since I've been entrusted with it, I know what the I know the good this money will accomplish. Yeah. Devontae Adams, who played for the Green Bay Packers, who was the number one wide receiver in the NFL last year, plays with Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. who's a diva. Aaron Rodgers is all about Aaron Rodgers, right. and he doesn't even try to hide it, right? right, right, right. So in the offseason, Devontae Adams requests a trade from a— First ballot Hall of Famer quarterback. Yeah. Wide receivers don't typically want to leave quarterbacks that throw them the ball really well. Right. Who's he request a trade to? The Las Vegas Raiders. Why? Because he and Derek Carr, were they were teammates in college. And Devontae Adams walks with the Lord. And he gets to a point where he's like, I need to find my people. I yeah. need to get back yeah. with this guy who walks with the Lord. We have the same value system. So um, I have some high aspirations for the Las Vegas Raiders this yeah, season, the football season, the, just the men of character yeah. and godly that they have on their team. But, but to get to your question, um, you, you want to be there for your friends. You know, to me, that's kind of when friendship really starts is when 
a lot of other people have given up on someone. Like, are you still there for them? You know, do you still love them? Do you still care for them? Do you still believe in them? Are you going to help them through this? Are you that kind of friend? And then do you have those kind of friends? Mm. You know, a friend is somebody who knows everything about you and they still love you anyway. Right. You know, um, and if you ever find folks like that in your life, you know, you need to do everything you can to keep those friendships intact. Right. So your second difference was all about circumstances, how we can, they can be overcome. Um, having, I think you said having perspective over prognosis. Is that, am I saying that right? Okay. Um, I did it. Good. Good Um, so let's, let's talk about that a little bit because there are some, uh, circumstances that are kind of tough, like, uh, being sick, uh, sickness or a death of a loved one. And those can feel like you can't overcome them. So, like, um, help me help me understand that a little bit. Yeah, and I'm not talking about changing circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, there are certainly circumstances that are out of our control. Yeah. But I am talking about the the right mindset and the right perspective to mm-hmm. confront those circumstances and confront those challenges. Yeah. And that yeah. can be changed. So, you know, the the idea there is you can have people who walk through the exact same set of challenges, the exact same set mm-hmm. of circumstances and come out of that on the other side in completely different places. Well, what was the difference? It was their perspective. What was the difference? It was their approach. It was their beliefs. There was something else going on. Mm -hmm. So this is true in all of our lives. So if you think about it, just about at all times, everybody is kind of going through the same season of life. Now, I know there are some differences among that, yeah, but just sure. hang with yeah. me for a second. So COVID was the first time in our lives that we could all say we are all going through the <laughs> yeah. exact same yeah. thing together yeah. at the exact same yeah. time. But we also go through summer at the same time, mm-hmm. fall at the same time, winter at the same time, economic downturns at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, a booming stock market at the same time, a uh, recession at the same time, inflation at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we go through different things at the same time, and some people are well-prepared for those. Some people aren't. Some people thrive in those. Some right. people don't. So it, on some level, like sometimes businesses do well, and sometimes businesses don't do well, mm-hmm. and they look at the same set of circumstances. One business blames the circumstances. The other business goes, no, that helped refine us and make us better. Sure. Right. Why is yeah. it that some churches didn't come back from COVID mm-hmm. and other churches thrived? So you can have the same set of circumstances and have different outcomes. Right. That's the point I'm going for there. So many times our default, and goodness knows our culture builds this into us from a very early age, our default is to be a victim, to blame our circumstances, to not take responsibility for anything, yeah. to try to find a reason why I don't have to do anything about the situation I find myself yeah. in. And what yeah. I'm saying is you better have some friends in your life that shift that perspective. Right. You better have some yeah. friends in your life that say, have you ever considered? That's a great question. Have yeah. you ever considered? And if you tell somebody what they should do, they'll just argue with you. Right. <laughs> have you right, ever right, considered right. that you might not be looking at this oh. from the only perspective that exists? Yeah. Not a wrong perspective, but there are other perspectives. Yeah. You could look at this differently. You could reframe this differently. Mm-hmm. See, ultimately what matters in our life is not what we go through. What matters in our lives are the stories we tell ourselves about what we went through. Interesting. It's, yeah. it's how we frame it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can, I mean, you study the great lives of people who've made a difference for their life. Most mm-hmm. of them went through really, really yeah. difficult hardships. Right. Right. That just didn't define them. And if you listen to them talk about those things, they will speak of them as the very things that help refine mm-hmm. them into the person they are. Right. right? Wow. So that's yep. perspective. And yep. so 
I have just learned from books I've read and friends I've made and in God's word that that's a really powerful truth that mm-hmm. so many times just the shift of perspective and attitude can right. begin to help me see things differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you've got friends in your life that can help you do that, that's a real gift. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. kind of goes back to that quote. I can't remember who said it. You know, life is 10% what happens to you, 90% how you respond yeah. to it. I, I think that's a really yeah. important distinction there about how we respond to things, like how that frames it in our mind. That's really, mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. All right, so before we, we get to the third difference, you know, th- there's, a, there's a scripture that happens in the third difference in Job where we read where Job's wife, who is just kind of awful to him, literally tells him to <laughs> curse God and die. Why would she say this to him? Like, what, what is going on here? Lovely, Job, lovely there. Job, Love that. Job 2.9, <laughs> you will never see that verse on a bumper sticker. Right. Not, you, you, somebody oh, makes a Christian oh. t-shirt that says Job 2.9. 2, nine, yeah. You know, maybe there's yeah. maybe there's a market for that somewhere. Yeah, yeah, run run away from that guy. Yeah. Yeah, um, man, love that. So she is sharing the same worldview as, as Job's three friends. Okay. Mm. That the only reason you're in this situation is you've done something to deserve it. Right. So at this point, your best option is to just go ahead and come clean, <laughs> curse God, go ahead, and get die. It over with. Now his buddies are going, maybe God will be gracious with you. <laughs> right. Maybe if you will just confess to God what you've done, perhaps God will spare your life. Job's wife is like, you must have done something real bad. Because, <laughs> Look at all this. Because, I mean, it, I'm not even giving you that option. I'm just saying, like, go ahead and tap out. Yeah. yeah. So, th- wow. But, but, man, I tell you, that belief system is still very prevalent. It, people really believe that. They really believe that God operates like karma. Right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that if I do good things, God will right. bless me. Right. If I do yeah. bad things, God will curse me. Right. Yeah. I mean— how many churches do we know that were being led by corrupt pastors that were actually growing? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so it's like that, that just doesn't hold up right. in God's economy. Karma right. doesn't hold up. Now, there's plenty of passages that say you're going to reap what you sow. So there's a lot of principles there as it pertains to just how life works. Right. But if God was into karma, all of us are in trouble <laughs> because all of us deserve death because of our sin. So great. Yeah. thankfully, we don't serve a God who operates that way. We serve a God who operates by grace. Yeah. But most Christians believe in their everyday life that that karma, they, they wouldn't probably say it, but the internal belief system they have fits more of what Job's wife believed and right. Job's buddy believes than what the New Testament teaches. So yeah, God's out to get me because I did something. I yeah. deserve it. Yeah. He's going to get me. Or I did. Now, this is where it gets real interesting. Legalists who go, well, I've been doing all this great stuff for God my whole life. How come he hasn't done what I've asked him to? Yeah. It's, it's a, a big reason why a lot of people get bitter towards God. It's like, hey, God, I did my part. Why haven't you done yours? Yeah. And it's because, foundationally, their belief system looks a lot more like karma than it looks like New Testament. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to that that right-sizing, you know, your theology, being God-centric versus being mankind-centric. Right, yeah. You know, also with his wife there, I mean, she just lost her children, her family, all yeah. that. Yeah, part of me wonders, like, like, was she angry because she thought he did something for God to bring that down on them? Oh, yeah. She's <laughs> holding him responsible. Yeah, yeah. She's blaming him for what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Which is a very, another interesting thread in this whole story. Our natural inclination is to always look for someone to blame. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You want a scapegoat. So yeah. <laughs> if we can blame someone else, yep. we don't have responsibility. If we can blame God, we don't have responsibility. Yep. Um, if we blame ourselves, like sometimes that's actually counterproductive mm-hmm. and can lead someone down a really, you know, disparaging trail. So, we, you know, it's not talking about blame. I, I would rather say take responsibility. 
Right. So, you know, don't blame yourself, but take responsibility yeah. for what you contributed to whatever situation you're in. Sure. Because yeah. until you do that, you can't do anything to change it. Yeah. And you can't take responsibility for what somebody else did to contribute to it unless you want to allow your responsibility to help you bring them on board. So let's just talk about that for a second. Okay? All right. So like as, as husbands, all right, like if, if, if my family goes through a really challenging time and let's just say my wife doesn't respond the way I wish she would, my kids don't respond the way I wish they would and all this stuff that happens, like you can take responsibility for all of that. Like you can say, hey guys, like we went through a difficult situation and you know what? Like we're, we're going to, we're going to work on this together and we're going to, th- that's, that's being proactive and taking responsibility yeah, right, instead yeah. of looking at your wife and kids and going, I can't believe you're acting this way. <laughs> right. you know what What's going on so with y'all? Act you like can I'm take responsibility before. for being part of the solution. You could be at a job and be on a team of people and you're on a project and it's not going well. And you mm-hmm. show up tomorrow morning and go, okay, guys, this isn't going well. Let me own it. I don't think I've been the leader. I need to be on this team. Let's fix it. Like, yeah. <laughs> so you can always take responsibility. What I meant by that was you can't take responsibility if somebody else has done something to you. And you see what I'm saying? Like yeah, at some yeah, point, yeah, yeah. you can only take responsibility for what you've contributed to it. Our natural inclination is to look for someone to blame. Right. So she's blaming Joe. Yeah. He's the reason all this has happened because that's the only way she could frame this. And 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 I think it's challenging yeah. for us. Do we have a worldview that's big enough to handle the fact that people who walk with God sometimes go through terrible things? Yeah, mm. that's really good. Yeah. So your your last you know application uh, was that we should invite over insight. So I guess my question for you is you know like that like I agree with that but like in the heat of the moment when things are going south when we see friends who are hurting how do we stop and remind ourselves that God is always good always available how can we better like help point our friends to run to Jesus Yeah, I think that most of us are a little too in touch with the the seen realm and we don't think enough about the unseen realm okay. that God's word speaks to so much that God is always at work. I mean, you sing that worship song where even when I can't see you, you're working. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Waymaker. Yeah, Waymaker. There's a lot of good theology in that song. So what we have to do as Christ followers is intentionally be mindful of that dynamic. Mm -hmm. So that's all I'm talking about there. Like whatever you're looking at right now, God is at work even if you can't see it. Mm -hmm. God is up to something even if you can't see it. Part of our faith is speaking into that from time to time. So when you're facing a situation, like you just pause and you say, I'm going to invite Jesus into the situation. Now, here's what's actually happening in that moment. You're acknowledging Jesus was already active in the situation. That's right. It's Mm -hmm. not like he's sitting around waiting for your invitation to show up. But when you prayerfully invite him into the situation, it is an acknowledgement that Jesus, you're in this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, Mm -hmm. as I move forward in this, I'm reminded that I've given this to you. And when victory starts to happen or things start to change or things start to turn, then I begin to note that. We actually, if you guys think about that, like we kind of follow that principle even with how we lead this church. Yeah. Like we, we work really hard. You know, we talked earlier <laughs> right. about, you know, what do we right. do? You know, yeah. we do stuff during the week. What guys. do we do? <laughs> so, you know, well, we do what we're capable of doing and we trust that Jesus will take care of the things that we're not capable of doing. And, and we invite him into that. Yeah. Like we prayerfully say, Lord, we're going to work really hard but we need you to go before us. That's right. There's some yeah. things we need for you to do that we we cannot do on our own power. Now, what happens when those prayers get answered? Like we all know Jesus did that. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. that wasn't Matt. That wasn't <laughs> yeah. Chad. It certainly nope. wasn't me. So, you know, Jesus, look what Jesus did. Yeah. Look what he's doing for us. And so, right. yeah, that's that's a great you know, approach just to any challenge you're facing. Invite mm-hmm. Jesus into it. Right. And do you have yeah, friends that from time to time just remind you of that? 
Yeah. Hmm. Like, hey, I hear what you're saying. And yeah, that looks like a pretty big challenge. But hey, have have you stopped to invite Jesus into this? Yeah. And and that might annoy you a little bit, you know, if somebody says that to you. But right. they're they're looking they're actually <laughs> giving you the best advice they can right. give you in that moment. And man, I can't tell you how many times over the years, just as a pastor, that people have looked at me and wanted me to answer something or give them guidance on something. And right. I got I nothing. did I got I I got yeah. nothing. Yeah. And in those moments, it's like the Lord's like, finally. Now you'll tell them the right thing, which is, why don't we stop right now and pray about this? And that ultimately is the most helpful thing I could do, is to not try to solve it, but to remind them, let's talk to Jesus about this. Yeah. Yeah. So to kind of circle back around and, you know, put an end cap on this conversation, because I know a lot of folks were talking about, you know, having your friends and your people and all that kind of stuff. And they would say like, man, I wish I had that in my life. We don't want to leave folks hanging with that. We want to talk about practically, like, how do you find your people. And we've said this over and over again on this podcast, and we know that the community happens best in in, in groups, small groups, life mm-hmm. groups, whatever you want yeah. to call them. We call them life groups here at Vaughn Forest Church. So can we talk a little bit about the next opportunity that folks are going to have to get involved in a life group? Yeah, and I would throw into their serving teams as well. That's exactly so, right. You know, yeah. Production, worship team, cafe team, guest services. Kids, students. But we are starting yeah, life group signups. Um, and I'll go ahead and kind of give you a sermon preview without giving you a sermon preview. Okay. This Sunday, I'm going to take the entire sermon to answer that question. Okay. There are some very awesome. specific steps that you can take mm-hmm. that will help solve that. And here's the kind of like aha moment. It's not just get in a group. Okay. But, mm-hmm. but, but that's part of it. But there's a greater principle at work that if you understand this greater principle and you cooperate with it, most of life is cooperating with principles that are already at play, whether you yeah. want them to be at play or not. <laughs> right. Someone just, just says, with it, man. I'm tired of this thing called gravity. Well, when you get your own planet, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. But on this planet, we got to deal with gravity. That's so right. cooperate with principles that are already at work. I'm going to yeah. teach on one of those principles this week. Okay. And, and, and when, you, when you see it, you're going to be like, of course. Yeah. That's that's been at work my whole life. Yeah. So cooperate with it. Help your kids learn how to cooperate with it. Help your teenagers <laughs> learn. Help your uh, parents who maybe are in a different season of life learn how to cooperate. Yeah, sure. Any season of life, if you cooperate with the principle we're going to talk about this Sunday, you will put yourself in a position where you can have the types of friends that you're talking yeah. about, answering the question, how do I get these kind of friends in my life? Right. Mm-hmm. So we're going to spend an entire message talking about that, and then we'll come in this podcast next week and unpack that even further. Well, that's yeah. going to be really good. Well, I'm looking forward to that, and if folks want to check yeah, that man. out, 9.30 and 11 a.m. Uh, here on campus, or mm-hmm. if you're traveling for some reason, I know some folks are still kind of taking those last vacations, uh, join us online, 9.30 and 11, com on our Facebook page, YouTube channel. Uh, we have lots of great opportunities for folks uh, to join us. Well, I'm looking forward as we continue that this Sunday, and uh, I've really enjoyed this series. I, I, I'm yeah. really enjoying learning about this, and I'm looking forward to hearing about this principle you're talking about yeah. uh, this Sunday. And so I think that's going to do it for our podcast for today. Gentlemen, this has been a wonderful conversation, and we appreciate you joining us. So on behalf of the T-Shirt Twins and Sound Guy Jonathan <laughs> and myself, thanks for being here, and we will catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>